This month, the Federal Reserve is expecting to raise interest rates for the first time in more than three years. It comes out of a pivotal point. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Eli, you're not even that old. We're coming out of a pandemic, and now we have the Ukraine-Russia conflict that could also have impacts on the market. So what will happen when the rates do rise? We'll look at all the different angles in today's Mach 1 Market Moment. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at mach1fg.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information. So welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is episode 91. So we've known for a while now that the Fed intends to increase interest rates, currently near zero, and they're going to do it sometime this month. The question is, how high, how quickly, and how many times will they go up? Some may also question whether the conflict in Ukraine might deter the Fed from raising rates. But that does not seem to be the case from some recent news reports like this. What's happening is Fed officials are continuing to call for rate hikes at the upcoming March meeting, and that's despite the uncertainty created over the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But they are debating whether to go 25 or 50 to start. So that's where the debate is. Governor Chris Waller yesterday saying he favors a 50 base point rate increase, saying, quote, if inflation, if the inflation and jobs reports indicate the economy is still running exceedingly hot, a strong case can be made for a 50 base point rate hike in March. So what happens if it's more or less than what's already predicted? Uh, that report went on to say there are Fed officials that are not sold on a rate hike that high. So let's start with how the markets have reacted so far to the assumption that rates are going up. What will happen to the markets if the rates higher than investors are predicting? And what happens if they're lower? David, what happens if the Fed says, you know what, we're going to take it up higher than what's already built into the market. What do you think will happen? Well, let's first, uh, if you don't mind, let me rewind just a bit to talk about what the market has been doing <clears throat> really since about the first of the year. Or if you look at the Russell 2000, the Russell 2000 actually hit its high right around November 1st and has been kind of correcting downward since then, whereas the S&P and the Dow hit their highs right around January 1st and have been correcting downward ever since. Um, my personal take on that is it's because the, the reason markets have been doing what they've been doing over the last month and a half, two months now, three months in the case of the Russell, is because of the anticipated interest rate hikes that the Fed has been signaling. So now to the point of your question, Mike, what if they, you know, so how much of, how much of the uh, rate hike is already baked into the cake? Well, probably the, probably the 50 points is my guess just my guess. So what if the, 
you know, if the Fed comes out and says, oh, the, the economy is doing a little bit better than we think or or uh, we're going to take it, we're going to kind of ease into this rate hike and we're only going to raise it one tenth of a point or 20 basis points or 30 basis points. What you can what I would anticipate the market doing is the market will kind of rally a little bit off of that news because the Fed didn't go quite as um, far as the market was expecting them to go relative to interest rate increases. And obviously the opposite would be true if they raise it more than the 50 basis points. So the key is to watch and see what the Fed does. If it's less than 50 points, we think the market will rise. If they raise it more than the 50 basis points, we may see a decline in the market. That's what your snops is, right, David? Yeah, that's that's essentially how I would how I would summarize it. Absolutely. So we just got to pay attention to what the Fed does. And again, like we said earlier, what's going over in Ukraine may or may not have impact on what the Fed does. Uh, our inflation still is just crazy. Yeah, and you know one of the things we I think I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but it's worth repeating here, especially with this topic is, you know, I've I've believed for a long time that the Fed is caught between a rock and a hard place, right? Meaning that they they know that interest rates need to go up because inflation, because of the inflation problems we're seeing. Um, but yet, how much can they afford to raise them because the Treasury has a $30 trillion plus dollar debt, a lot of which is financed with short-term notes. So, um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make a prediction here because uh, who knows? It's hard to it's hard to tell what the Fed is going to do. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, but my my gut feeling is that they're going to raise rates less than what most people think, just because of the huge national debt. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. And one thing to consider, thinking about all of these things, is we're talking in the short term. We're talking in the six months to one year, maybe two years out. We don't invest. And nor do most people advise to invest for that one to two years. If you're sitting and you have a plan, you have a plan, stick to the plan. But if you don't have a plan and you're looking at one to two years, that's that's where you start actually having to consider how does this affect when the when the Federal Reserve. Yeah, that's a great point. We always talk about investing is money that you're going to put away for the future that you're not going to need for at least five years. Mm-hmm. And we look back. How many of y'all can sit right here today and says, okay, what happened five years ago? Right. What decisions did I make that impact today? That's right. You'd have to really struggle like, huh, wow, well, that's a long time ago. So, again, long term, money in the market, time in the market is more important than time mean the market. Can we tell you that you'll make money tomorrow? No. No. But can we tell you you're going to make money in five years? We can't guarantee it, but we can Almost guarantee yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. So what about all this money sitting on the sidelines, Eli? How, we've got how much? $4.7 trillion with a T mm-hmm. dollars sitting in cash or cash equivalents, CDs and things like that. What do you think is going to happen with that? Well, a lot of what we've seen and what is coming out is people are withdrawing a lot of funds from bond, money market, a lot of the secure accounts with hopes that, maybe when when the Federal Reserve issues more treasuries, the rates will be higher. So there's a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines right now waiting to see, okay, when is the right time to actually earn a yield? And that, that could be concerning in different ways. That could be encouraging in some ways because people are expecting the interest rates to go up, which right now is a good thing. We we need inflation to be to be handled. On the other end, a recession indicator 
is the inverted yield curve. Oh, oh, oh you're coming to use these big words here, college <laughs> graduate. So what is an inverted <laughs> yield curve? So this is this is a study. It was it was done by a professor at Duke. And what he when he did this study, what he said was, let's look at the short-term treasury notes versus the long-term treasury notes. And his suggestion, his hypothesis was if the short-term treasury notes rate is higher than the long-term treasury note well that's a recession prediction all right let's just give an example so short-term treasury note let's say three months mm -hmm. okay it's paying one percent yes and the 10-year treasury note is paying 0.75 mm -hmm. you're saying that is a recession indicator yes and don't trust me if you look back and you see when the yield curve was inverted it's predicted i think it was somewhere around like six of the last eight recessions it was inverted right before 2020 it was inverted right before 2008 it's somewhere in between six and 24 months so just know if you're an investor that's not something you need to be worried about currently that's something we as advisors are watching right that's right it, it really only makes sense for money you have sitting basically on the sidelines in cash and if you've got money sitting in cash whether you make it one percent mm -hmm. 0.75 inflation's killing you because yeah. right now inflation is at a 40-year high Mm -hmm. And it's what five, six, seven percent, and you're making one percent. You're going broke slow with yeah. money in cash. That's right. The other thing to consider, and and one investment philosophy is to follow what are institutional investors doing. Well, institutional investors they're withdrawing their funds from bonds right now. They're they're saying we don't know exactly how these bonds are going to react. Let's get the cash out now, and then in the future maybe go back in. Yep. But if you're sitting right now in bonds. There's a lot of people with a lot more education than, than you and I saying, let's get out of bonds. Well, as we always talk about, you know, bond prices of bonds react opposite of interest rates. Mm -hmm. So if bond, if interest rates are going up and bonds act opposite of that, that means bonds are going to go down. So it makes sense for people to be getting out of bonds if they think the price is going to go down. That's right. So if you knew a stock was going down, you'd sell it too. So it makes perfect sense what they're doing. That's right. Now, you know, one thing we always got to be cautious about is even though that's true, as interest rates go up, bond values go down, there are things that can happen that can cause that to not quite work out that way. For example, if that $4.7 trillion sitting in cash starts to pour into the short end of the of the yield curve, in other words, short-term bonds, that's going to drive uh, the price of those bonds up or at least stabilize them even in the face of rising interest rates. So, And that's part of how you could potentially end up with an inverted yield curve where short-term rates exceed long-term rates, which is a indicator, uh, uh, has been a fairly good indicator of the coming recession. So hopefully we're not going to see that. <clears throat> and the Federal Reserve will be watching that Yes, as well. for sure. That's right. Good point. So to put a bow on a lot of this here is we don't know what's going to happen. We, we've heard, you've read, everyone's read that the Fed is going to raise interest rates. We hear that. They said they're going to do it. We just don't know how much. We think we've got baked in about a 50 basis points. Uh, if they come out with less than that, we think it'll be good for the market, meaning it could go up. If it comes out higher than that, then we think that'll be bad for the market. It could go down. So that that's in a nutshell is kind of what we're talking about today. David? Uh, I have been getting some questions recently about, you know, the market's been down over the last two or three months. People said, is this a good time to do Roth conversions? Yeah, um, great point. And the answer is, uh, it's certainly, here's the only, the most accurate answer I can give you on that. 
is it's certainly a better time now than it was two months ago, right? Because the market is, is down about 10% from where it was off of its highs, you know, because the market is down about 10% off of its highs. So in a perfect world, you'd want to convert money. If you're going to do a Roth conversion, you want to convert it on the day when the market is at its lowest, right? Because then you're, you're realizing the lowest possible uh, tax consequence by converting that amount of money. And then hopefully the market rebounds off of that low and goes up. So then you're getting all of the rebound tax-free inside the Roth IRA. So yeah, good question. Glad you brought that up, Mike. Now that only counts if you were planning to do Roth conversions anyway. Yes. Don't just rush out and do them because the market's down. That's not what we're saying. But if you had planned to do Roth conversions, when the market is down is a good opportunity to do them. So if you're planning on doing Roth conversions in 2022, this year, now would be a good time to talk to your advisor. If it's us, give us a call. We'll run through the numbers and see if it's right for you. But if you're planning to do them while the market's down, it is a great time to convert a larger percentage of that asset, pay the taxes, and then like David said, it starts growing back and that all that growth is tax-free. It's a way to make uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? There you go. David, I think you've got a thought for the day for us. Yeah, uh, you were just talking about, you know, the market being down lately, and we and I get, <laughs> I get, I get comments from clients all the time saying, "Oh, you know, it seems like October is always bad, or May is always bad, or an election year is always bad, or an election year is always good." I, I get these type of comments all the time, so I want to read a quote uh, from Mark Twain on when's the best time to invest. He says, October, this is one of the most dangerous months to speculate in stocks. The others are July, January, September, April, November, May, March, June, December, August, and February. So, you know, the point point being that, you know, markets are always markets are always going to be volatile. You can't predict what month or what time of the year they're going to be volatile. It just depends on what's going on from time to time and year to year. Mark Twain would be proud that you used his quote. So, all right, folks. Well, that's episode 91. We are thankful you joined us today. We hope you join us next week for episode 92 of the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.